0: Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. burrow.com slash ACAST.
2: This is Nicole Spagnolo, and that Mark Spagnolo is one fine man. You're listening to Wood Talks Online, a podcast for woodworkers, by woodworkers. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Spagnolo and Matt Vangelis. Take it away, boys. Take it away, boys.
0: Uh, there is just nothing like grown men talking like women.
3: Yeah, I suddenly felt like I was at a drag show just now.
0: <laughs> it was and, a little bit uh, scary.
3: <laughs> it was because for a second there I was like, did they get their wives to call in or And then yeah. I had images of people like dressing up in high heels and just going all <laughs> out for it. I gotta get in character before I pick up the phone. Yeah,
0: yeah. That was fantastic. Well anyway, welcome to Wood Talk Online, episode sixty-four for December seventeenth,
3: two thousand nine. I'm Mark Spagnolo. And I'm Matt Vandalist, and I am in my usual stretchy pants, no drag around here whatsoever. But if you have any comments or questions about something you're going to hear today or something you haven't heard, you can always get a hold of us either by dropping us an email at woodtalkonline at gmail.com, or you can pick up the phone and you can leave us a message on our voicemail, which is 623-242-2450. And since we've all got a ton of stuff on our mind, we'll make sure to repeat all that information at the end of the show. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, sweet. Well, this is like... We're, we're just we're on the on ball the, on the cost yeah we're we're on the ball definitely we <laughs> we got this one done way sooner than we've done the last couple well we've had like almost like a month gap in there with some of the other ones and this one is like right up there man we're like snapping yeah. out right up to it
0: well i figure we're gonna have the christmas break here soon and we'll probably take a couple of weeks for that and we'll be back in january but this was just a one last opportunity to say hi to everybody and have a little uh, sort of Christmas soiree in the chat room with our friends, and uh, well, that's what we're going to do. But we do have some some good stuff to talk about, some interesting topics, and uh, some pretty good content, I think. So why don't we just jump right into it?
3: Okay, sounds good. Let's do it. So what's on the bench? I want you to start this one this okay. time. I um, will. So, yeah, you, you can get it started, and then I'm just going to like skip right past it okay because nothing's (laughs) going on
0: (laughs) um i i am actually still working on the frame i've gotten to the point of taking it from paper and and getting a little uh prototype going and realized the value of prototyping and doing multiple runs which unfortunately i'm only really going to have time to do one and i could see things that i want to improve on but i just don't have the time to do it so i've I've pretty much got this first prototype done. I've got some little extra treatments to do to it and I'm working with uh with my buddy Ron who has a CNC uh, shopbot machine which is fantastic. So um all of the templates that I'm making for the class are going to be cut from a CNC machine. So they'll be very accurate and uh, we'll be able to fly through uh with all the students. So um, very nice. Yeah, so it's it's one of those things where just like making a video and building a project takes a lot of extra time uh, making a project that's intended for a class and getting all that stuff hammered out ahead of time is also pretty time-consuming and tricky. So, um, you know, the funny thing I wanted to say was that I had gone through the the preliminary parts. The frame is pretty much together. You can get an idea of what I'm going for, and it really looks like something that would be very happy living next to the gadget station. Um, Okay. (laughs) You know, where it's like a tribute to Green and Green in a way, but it also has this sort of gothic, you know, I don't know, it's kind of hard to describe, medieval sort of look to it, And I brought a lot of that same feel to this frame, and it's um, you know it's kind of just interesting looking. But I'm I'm pretty proud of it, you know. I'm proud of just about anything I build. So last night, it's you know it's not done. Not everything is on it. None of the ebony accents are are on it or anything. But I take it into the house, and I'm I'm skyping with my mom, and I show it to her, and the reaction was just like, oh, I don't really get it. And I'm like, (laughs) what do you mean? Like what what's she's like. It's just those are those are round over there and those are pointy over there. I just don't, I just don't understand it. You know, <laughs> so, so that's what prompted my my tweet earlier today where I'm like, I guess you really haven't pushed yourself in design until someone says, I don't
3: get it. <laughs> you, know? you know, and the sad thing is I get that constantly. and It's just like <laughs> one of those. What, do you, what part of don't? What don't you get? I mean, I. I see it plain as day. Yeah, it <laughs> right there. Yeah,
0: yeah. It was, it was, it was definitely one of those moments. But it really, I was, I walked away, you know, with my head down, going like, "Jeez, is am I that far off with my design that this is really that bad, or, <laughs> or does my mom just really not like it, and that's okay?" But it was just kind of <laughs> usually my mom was like oh, it's great, you know, even if it's crap because she's my mom. But last night she was just like, nah, eh, it just kind of (laughs) sucks.
3: I was going to say, I'm like, usually the mom factor kicks in, and it could be like, you know, how many times when you were growing up did you come home from art class with the lump of clay? (laughs) And you're like, look, and she's like, oh, it's the most beautiful. And she can name it, you know, it's It's the most beautiful coffee mug I ever saw. Mom, it's an ashtray. Yes, that too. You could use that as, but you could see the coffee mug in it. Right. Yeah. Well, I
0: guess she's, I've raised the bar and I think she's just practicing a little tough love here. So,
3: you know. Okay. There you go. (laughs) Either that or let's blame it on the Skype and just say you had a really bad connection and she was just being nice. She wasn't sure whether you were the frame or the frame was you and which way it was. It was just all pixelated. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly.
3: All right. So on your bench, anything new since what, last week? Uh, A little bit. You know, I, I had one thing I wanted to come back to with yours. Now, you're getting ready for this class. Mm-hmm. And typically when I'm in a school type situation, I'm getting ready for things like, you know, for exams and stuff like that. I start getting those like naked dreams or at least the <laughs> underwear dreams where I'm running in last minute, totally naked, you know, and somehow nobody notices. But suddenly I have that awakening moment where I'm like, oh, my God, I'm naked and yeah. there's not enough paper in my notebook to cover me. Uh, <laughs> Do you have that as a potential instructor? Is there like those moments where you're running in and then suddenly you realize like I don't even have anything with me. I don't even know how to use these tools. <laughs> the the only time I get that sort of pre you
0: know pre show pre teaching jitters anymore is is if I really don't know what I'm doing. Um, okay, you know if I'm going into something and I haven't completely prepared for, which really just doesn't happen anymore. I'm too. Uh, I don't know. I'm 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 usually on the ball as far as getting myself prepared because I hate that feeling. Of not knowing what I'm gonna do or not knowing what I'm gonna talk about, so uh, fortunately I stay away from from the you know the dreaming. But you know I, I do once in a while still have that weird high school dream where you wake up and you you had this dream that you were you know wandering around and you can't find your class and yes you, and then you you think you have your schedule and you check your backpack and it's not in there and now you know you got to go down to the office and see if you could print out a new schedule. And even if you have it, you might not be able to find the classroom. Like why at what am I, 32 years old now? Well, at 32, I still have that dream. What is up with that?
3: Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I still constantly have something very much like it. You know, I, I, had, a, I had a moment just a second ago, I was thinking, maybe what you could do just in case, now that I put that seed of doubt in your mind, maybe you <laughs> you should like video. The, the whole thing that you're going to do for the class, put it on your iPod, and then just, like, as you're up front, have that moment where you're, like, going to sneeze and actually you're looking <laughs> at the video. What do I say next? Oh, yeah, and then. <laughs> well, here's the here's
0: the little secret about teaching classes. If you hammer it all out first on paper and, uh, you know, you, you give it to the students and they all start milling their boards and getting to work. Pretty much, you could just sit back and, you know, if they screw something up and just, you know, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here. What should I do here? You know, you could just blame it on them. You know, be like, look, this wouldn't have happened if you didn't do that. So now I don't really know what to do for you.
3: (laughs) That's a great one. I'm going to remember that just in case anybody's (laughs) foolish enough to hire me to come in and teach something. I'll be like, well. (laughs) Yeah, obviously I'm just kidding. But anyway. um, (laughs) Okay. So anything on the bench at all? Well, I just recently finally... Finished up the the child's dresser mm-hmm. uh, project that I had. I, I mentioned it last night. I mentioned it before. I was like two months behind on getting this thing out. Luckily, the family was like, "Oh, don't worry about it." I'm like, "No, I gotta worry about it because you people are gonna pay <laughs> me at one point, right?" Um, so I I agreed that I was gonna build them some bookcases also to kind of go along with it. So I just finally got started on those, and um. I'm making way more progress than I did on the dresser. I've got almost all the components cut right now. Oh, cool. They're sitting on the bench. So the neat thing is I have the components cut. They're sitting on the bench. Now I can take that month off and I don't yeah. have to worry about it because when I come back, I have just that much less work to do. So I don't, I'm not going to be stressing as much about it, but
0: cool,
3: it's going to be kind of interesting. Again, working with uh, that exotic uh, maple. Mm, and yes. Yes. So- <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see how this, this adventure goes now that I, I have a little experience with the other one. Sure. We'll see how the, how this turns out a little bit. And the only other thing that's really kind of going on that has me kind of scratching my head a little bit, and maybe you can give me a little insight on this or somebody else's experience with this too. Sure. I installed the riser block on my bandsaw thinking, you know, I really am going to have all this capacity. Turns out I don't need all that capacity <laughs> 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 uh, because it really wasn't, you know— all that much more than I I, I had previously when, when I finally put the stock on there. Mm-hmm. And, but the one thing I'm running into, and I'm thinking this is has everything to do with the riser block, is I, I feel like I can't tension the blade the right way and mm-hmm. I'm getting some some bow in there. In fact, what I'm almost thinking is I wonder if when I, I set the tension for the, the width of the blade, if maybe I should tension it just a little bit more because there's that little bit of extra expansion yeah. with the riser block and maybe if it's tipping over a little bit wouldn't be surprised if I didn't install it the right way. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, you know, riser
0: blocks, I I find them at least with the work that I do to be of of little value. I very rarely cut anything that's so wide that I actually need that extra, you know, six inches of room there. And Mm. typically they just tend to introduce, especially in the average 14 inch bandsaw, they typically just introduce more possibilities for error. Um, You've got a further travel now that the guides have to take. So if you raise it all the way up, Typically, the guide blocks are not set dead on to where they were at the bottom. Okay, yep. Uh, you know, you've got a longer uh, uh, whatever you call that arm there that goes up and down, and the adjustment on it isn't real good. So, I, you know, I, I'm not really a big fan of of uh, of adding those to a 14 inch saw unless you absolutely have to. Um, you know, the other thing is I wouldn't pay too much attention to the tensioner because mm. uh, the, the gauge on the side because typically, I mean, those are notoriously off. So I would I would do the finger test for tension, you know, look for you know maybe a quarter inch to to a half inch deflection with your finger, and um, uh, you know test it by hand and don't really trust those numbers most of the time. I'm way above what the number is on the side
3: with the gauge. That's what I was thinking because that was once once I did it, you know, there's that there's that seed of doubt that's like, well, maybe I'm just over analyzing this, but that's that was that's what I was thinking too, and then mm-hmm. I'm thinking more and more about. Uh, most of the projects I'm looking at now, I don't see myself needing that extra that extra space with the the riser, so I think I'm gonna I'm gonna take it off. Go back to the way the original set up mm-hmm. and then just in, in, enjoy it from there. Because I had that one moment, man. I w- I was resawing some uh, some poplar for some drawer sides for the for the the dresser, mm-hmm. and I got done. I'm like, oh, this is so sweet. It's working fantastic. And then I opened that baby up, and I went, where the hell did this come from? <laughs> and there was a horrible barreling effect right there in the middle, and it was just like, oh man, this is not good. No, oh, boy, <laughs> no, definitely so. not. Cool. Okay. Well, that's about that's all going on in my shop. Cool. So what are we going to do next?
0: We have some news. And boy, do we have some news. Good yes, stuff. We do. Uh, has anyone been to the Fine Woodworking woodworking Forum that they have there known as Knots anytime recently? Um, um
3: No, not I.
0: <laughs> not I. It's not I, said the booger. <laughs> Um, it's it's a very old I don't even know how long they've had it But it's been there And it's undergone a number of changes over the years But uh, the current um, version of this software Is awful I mean just And this is not meant to be You know I think they know it's awful And that's why they're uh, the, the whole reason this is making news Is that they are changing software To go to something different And as far as I'm concerned It's about time Because the it was just the most Antiquated forum software ever The problem is The people there love it like the, uh, oh, yeah. the at least I can't say the vast majority. All I can say is the loudest ones. Uh absolutely love it. You would think that you know Fine Woodworking has decided to start also covering knitting by the way these people <laughs> are reacting. Like the sky is falling, the the dumbest business decision they've ever made, and it's like, whoa my god, like you, you have to go over there's there's a ton of posts, you know, with fifty to sixty replies in each one of people just whining and wah, wah, wah. it's like, wow, people, seriously, it's just a forum, you know? Um, right. So you know, yeah. and
3: it's, it's true with everything. Every time something changes just a little bit there, like you said, it's always the loudest ones yeah. that have just got to make the biggest stink about it. And you know what? I always, I always speculate I definitely speculate it would drink <laughs> that I, I think what it is, is these are the guys that probably just finally like learned how to turn on their computers the right way <laughs> Maybe. and they finally memorized their password and they're afraid that something like that's going to change.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there are some valid concerns about the switch, but you know, and I had to deal with that when we moved over from V bulletin to Ning and I realized there were sacrifices that needed to be made. But, you know, most people were just like, well, okay, well, you know, it's not my favorite thing, but it, what's it matter? The community is the community will participate, and that's really what it's all about. So I just hope the people, you know, who are cranky decide to just go somewhere else and leave the people who really just care about the community, regardless of what the forum software is, <laughs> um, you know, to still participate and make that a, a great place to to learn some interesting stuff. So, um, There you go. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of interesting stuff. I, I love spreading the news when people are whining. <laughs> um, uh, the other thing I wanted to mention Uh You guys who are relatively new to woodworking This is a great way to get your stuff out there Get some critiques on it Lumberjocks is having their winter awards for 2009 And I've got the link in the show notes And the prizes I believe are sponsored by Rockler There's like a $400 gift card to the winner uh, 10 runners up will get bench cookies I believe And I just threw up 3 uh, guild memberships as part of the prize uh, deely whacker. And all you really have to do is take a picture of your project. You don't have to submit the project itself, just photograph it, you know, tell the story about it. And the theme this year is, I think it's yin yang, where he wants you to use light and dark woods uh, so that they sort of oppose but work together in the same piece to, to, to just make something really beautiful. Right. Wow, my dogs are being noisy.
3: <laughs> oh, I thought that was you. Like, <laughs> that's that's Mark, not cool. You might Squeezing want to back toy. off that Mexican food you guys had the other night. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, uh, lumberjocks definitely check it out. Great prizes. A great bunch of people over there. So uh, right, that
3: and it's that. totally free. You know, you don't have to mm-hmm. pay to, to be a member. And there's all you, know, you have all sorts of different things. And you know, it, it's really fun having people look at your stuff and just it's a community, and that's the best thing about it. I Absolutely love it. Even though I will admit I haven't been there in a little while because uh, I'm lazy yeah it's hard. There's so many
0: places these everybody in the chat room knows exactly what we're talking about. There's so many places you could spend your woodworking online time um mm-hmm. and so many people vying for your attention. It's really difficult to keep up with it.
3: Yeah, and all the pictures that are up there. I mean, I I get sucked into something, and the next thing I know, I'm reading everything that's underneath it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I just – yeah, I I just don't – I mean, I love it. It's a dangerous place. That's why I don't go there. (laughs) I need to stay away from the danger.
0: (laughs) It's a good problem to have, though. I mean, let's let's rewind the clock here and think about what the situation was. Uh, Let's say for Wood Talk Online number one, you know, there wasn't nearly this much activity out there. And I'd rather have too much than too little.
3: That's right. I, I remember when Lumberjack started, I think I was member number 22 or something like that. I <laughs> nice. mean, it's just like one of those. I remember getting this email from Martin. And I was like, oh, wow. Hey, who's this Martin guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyways, hey, well, you know, I, another news thing that I just saw come up. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would, I've i been talking with uh, the gentleman and it's Bob over at Check Edge Tools. Okay. And he was like really he's he's been trying to get me. Uh, one of these these new tools that he has coming out to try out. Unfortunately, it didn't show up today, which is what he was hoping. So I was hoping I would be able to kind of talk a little bit about this. But I love bringing up the idea of, like, new tools and stuff. Sure. And uh, – what the – Okay, <laughs> so I thought something was behind me. I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on there? What the? <laughs> you got dogs. I've got something rolling downstairs. <laughs> uh, I'm glad
0: everything's okay.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, so uh, Bob's introducing the new Check Edge Ruler Stop, and this is this is a really neat um, uh, uh, gadget. What you'd end up doing is, you know how like a lot of the manufacturers out there will have some sort of um, a marking device, which mm-hmm. basically you can take a ruler and then you you know you you attach it in there. And you can uh, use it somewhat like a a miniature square. One problem is a lot of the manufacturers, they're set up for just a specific size ruler. And what Bob's done is he's created one that can give you a a variety. I think it's like up to um, three and seven eighths inches overall or something like that or a little less than that. I think maybe it's about two inches or so. But that way it can accommodate just about any size ruler that you have and you can set it for, you know, a, a depth. You can use it like as a story stick, mm-hmm. all sorts of neat things like that. So as soon as I get it in the shop, I'm definitely going to try it out. I'll make sure to put some posts up about it. Yeah. But um, if you're interested at all, it's a neat little one. And since you have enough time since we're getting this out just before Christmas, it'd make a great stocking stuff for people. So <laughs> definitely take a look at it. Do you know what
0: the, the retail on that's going
3: to be? Yeah, right now he has it listed at 27 uh, 2795. and I know that they they just came in, so they're hot right out of the manufacturer, and he's ready to get these out there. And uh, he showed me a prototype at the Woodworking in America conference in mm-hmm. St. Charles, and it's really neat because it, it's small enough it fits right in your hand, and the neat thing is you can you can use just, like, your index finger and your, your thumb, and you can adjust it to open and close. It's kind of – it has, like, a vice-like grip to it. In oh, fact,
0: okay.
3: The first time he showed it to me, I almost thought it was, like, a modified – um a sharpening uh, jig you know the little vice ones that they have yeah. the, the really basic one they kind of look like that except for like i said the the knob kind of stuck out the bottom a little bit mm-hmm. and like i said it's it's the, the main thing is it's a ruler stop but you could actually use it he kind of showed me one thing you do with it you could almost use it like miniature um like a miniature clamp almost like a little machinist clamp so It's kind of a neat little thing, and it's it's brand new. I mean, it just came out the other day. just finally put it up on his site. So definitely check it out if you're looking for some fun new little tool out there. Very cool. I'll have to check it out. Now,
0: yeah. I also wanted to find out what was going on at Pop Woodworking because they've been kind of quiet lately. I've gotten just you know emails. I get a lot of those bookstore emails. I get I get too yeah. many of those bookstore emails. Frankly,
3: <laughs> I know what you mean. I'm like, wait a minute, they, they're oh no, they're not writing me. They're just letting me know something else. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So, uh, but anyway, it is a good bookstore uh, for what it's worth. But. I wanted to find out what was going on over there, and I talked to Chris. He said that they're basically redesigning the magazine for April, and they're going for upgraded paper, thicker, bigger, and brighter um, imagery. and i'm I'm curious the way he wrote this, I have to clarify whether this is like from now on or if this is just for the April issue. Um, but it sounds like're they're, they're getting more you know substantial paper uh, in the magazine itself just to make it a little bit more flashy and fancy, uh, which is very, very cool, actually.
3: Yeah, definitely. I, I was starting to wonder there for a second when you mentioned April, if it was just for the April one, because that's our birthday month. <laughs> there you go, it's for us. And- yeah, they're just doing it special for us. Well, it's like, it's, a uh,
0: it's just an April Fool's. Like we're gonna we're gonna make the the magazine better. Psych. <laughs>
3: <You> <laughs> <know>? Actually, we're <laughs> gonna use even crappier paper. It falls apart in your hands. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. So well, that's awesome though, because I mean that's that. I mean, I've always been satisfied with their magazine, but if they're gonna like bigger, brighter, glossier photos or something like that, that's that's really awesome. Because I mean, a lot of times you have those step by step instructions, and I'll admit it, There's been a couple that they do great photography, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, what is that in his hand? Where's yeah. It? What is he referencing there? Is it? Oh, never mind. Right. Yeah. Well, it's I guess it's
0: going to be a little bit more like fine woodworking because they've got you know definitely have a more um, polished as far as the actual presentation uh, is concerned. So I'll be interesting to see where they take it. I love the content, so if it just makes it look prettier, I'm all for it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Same here. Sweet.
0: Yeah. Now the other thing that they're doing in 2010 is a a complete major site redesign um, and the addition of a new blog. So that'll be kind of cool to look forward to.
3: Oh, great. Now another thing to have to read during my work day when I'm supposed <laughs> to be doing other stuff. Yeah, Bad another ass. another blog Thanks, for a reader. Yeah,
0: they're good at that. Uh, and the one other thing I wanted to mention, one of the emails that I got today, was that uh, Chris's Hand Plane Basics DVD is going to be on sale very soon. In fact, they're taking pre-orders now. And this is kind of just um, more of a basic review of how to use hand planes and I think that even even though he has a number of other videos that touch on that usually they're focused slightly elsewhere. This is specifically focused on just using bench planes so, it, so I don't, I didn't read the full description on it but it looked good. It had Chris Schwartz's name on it so I bought the pre-order um, <laughs> and there is a code where you can get $3 off now. It's PW3 OFF and use that code when you check out. I'll put the link in the show notes for that and you guys can uh, pick up that pre-order for 3 bucks off.
3: So we, um, now, I wonder if the if the content is based anything like the um, class that he taught at Mark Adams last year. And I, hmm. I, I just got the Mark Adams catalog the other day, and I noticed that he, he's once again coming back. And I think Lee Nielsen's coming in with him, Thomas Lee Nielsen. Mm-hmm. If, if this DVD is anything like what he taught in that course, um, I would definitely buy it. it that was a, an excellent course, and he really went into all – I mean, everything you, you've ever needed to know – about using your bench planes and understanding the best way to get it and then also secretly discovering that you bananed bananaed the sole.
2: We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll yeah, forget
3: that one. <laughs> I keep seeing
0: like in the, in the forum, the best best way to flatten plane sole? <laughs> I'm thinking don't ask Matt. <laughs> Whatever you do. Exactly. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> now, one other thing that Chris mentioned is that, uh, you know, Megan did her LVL workbench over there and uh, Chris just let me know that um, apparently some guys are asking if she's sing- single and, you know, What's wrong with you people?
3: <laughs> Leave her alone. She's a professional working woman. Exactly. Whoa, whoa. I wouldn't say that. Um, yeah. Uh, Megan's oh, really yeah. cool. I don't know. Do, do you know if she's married? Um, I've never really asked her. I've had many a conversation with her, which is like, hey, do you know where the best coffee is? Because I really need coffee <laughs> this need morning. Coffee.
0: Yeah. You know, she's uh, she she likes hot, spicy food. Um, oh really yeah we went oh, to lunch I did lunch. not know that yeah we went to lunch to a Thai place when we were out there and she I guess you could order on a scale of 1 to 10 uh, for this particular dish and she ordered like a 10 and I think uh, Chris only, only could take 8 or something like oh, that. That. <laughs> that, yeah she likes some spicy food
3: so oh wow there's Definitely. a little tidbit okay. about
0: Megan that no one really cared to hear but I tell you anyway
3: so if it does turn out that she's single gentleman buy very spicy food if you go out on a date with her yeah. and, you know start practicing now so that you can handle it yeah
0: buy some hot sauce instead of flowers it works every time <laughs>
3: there you go alright so moving around
0: the web um, we have a number of things here you know I'm finding that around the web and news can kind of be the same categories it's hard to differentiate them sometimes um, but we have an interesting article here from Tom you guys know Tom from uh, Tom's Tips He did an article called Get the Lead Out and this is concerning the new regulations and uh, children's toys and all that business that we've talked about in the past and there's a lot of mixed info out there and I think the problem was Tom had gotten an email and he wrote this uh, article, did a little bit of research, not extensive research, but a little bit uh, to get some information on this. So what I did was pre-recorded a little conversation with Tom. It's about uh, four, five minutes long or so. Um, and I thought it would be interesting to go over some of these details and how it might affect people who are making you know toys for charity toys uh, for for friends and family, um, you know if this is really something that you need to be concerned about so uh, yeah that's a ooh, this is actually ten minutes long. You know what? I may just insert this in later because I don't want to completely interrupt the live flow. Uh, let me ask the chat room just get a quick survey. Would you rather I play this clip now or I could play it after um it's a it is a great clip. I just don't. I mean, we're all going to be sitting here for ten minutes.
3: <laughs> Tom's insisting it's ten minutes of pure heaven. It is
0: pure heaven. I mean, Tom's talking. You know, and he's right. got a voice like an angel.
3: He does. I absolutely <laughs> love it, Tom. Especially okay. when we go to Tom's tip.
0: Okay, you guys, want to hear it? I'll play it. So I'm going to go get a drink of water, and we will listen to Tom. And yes, we will be merry. Okay, I'm here with Tom Ivino of tomsworkbench.com. You guys know him from Tom's Tips, of course. And uh, Tom, you recently wrote a great article, actually just uh, today, I think you put it out, called Get the Lead Out, and it's concerning the new regulations and how they relate to woodworkers and toys uh, that are intended for children. So first of all, if you could, just give us a little bit of the background, why you wrote the article, what's the concern here, and then we'll get into some of the details.
1: Sure. Um, yeah. What had happened was I posted an article a while, about a week ago, about building a cradle to uh, donate. Um, it's an annual tradition I've done. And this year I decided to share it and see if I can get some folks interested in doing it themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened was I got an email uh, back from somebody named Robert Roach, who belongs to the Northwest Indiana Woodworkers Association. Okay. And he had he had basically said in his email that, you know, it's it's going to be illegal to build a wood project and give it to a child unless you get it tested for a lead. Now, to me, this sounds a little bit conspiracy theory, or maybe it's an exaggeration of what's actually happening. So rather than just take it on face value, I decided to make a few calls. Um, the first one I made was actually out to uh, the Consumer Product Safety Commission up mm-hmm. in DC. Um, when I asked some of the details, now remember, I'm, I'm approaching this from a donated wooden item sure. aspect. Um, I got a lot of I got a lot of tweets today, and I got a lot a lot of email today from people who are businessmen who actually build and sell wooden toys now they of course have to uh, meet a high level of of consumer regulation um you know obviously, you can't sell something with small parts uh things along those lines. if you're going to sell to kids, you have to meet all all the regulations of, of course, course right um so this new lead one's really been a a, a tough one for the uh for the woodworkers because Really, it's not it, it's not the wood itself that's the problem. It's actually the finish that goes on the wood.
0: Okay.
1: Um, yeah, the, the Consumer Product Safety Commission representative I spoke to actually said that um, what it is is the, uh, the wood finish, if it builds a film, actually has to be checked by an independent laboratory um, for its lead content and has to meet a certain benchmark. Otherwise, it's going to be uh, rejected.
0: Okay.
1: Um, what happened was that the... Uh, you know now there's some there's some interpretation that needs to go on here because again in the email that came to me originally it said that everything needed to be tested every single piece if you built fifty rocking horses you'd have to drag all fifty down to an independent laboratory to test it for lead content when the reality is if they were all built out of the same material yeah and finished the same way you only had to bring one as a representative sample
0: okay
1: if you're going to be donating now. Again, the whole idea with that donation is that somebody can't come back and sue you. Right. Um, if, if it does come back with a high lead content, um, you'll actually have the documentation saying that you were um, – you, you did bring it and have it independently checked. Okay. If you're building a cradle or a rocking horse or a pull toy for a grandchild or a niece or a nephew, they're not going to come into your shop and close you down if you don't get it checked. Right. Um, because it, the, the the representative uh, actually told me that it's going to be up to the individual woodworker to seek the safest product possible sure, and to put it on. So, um, you know, so it's interesting. So I, it got me thinking after I had done this, um, done this call, what are the manufacturers doing right, of these finishes?
0: Right. Sure.
1: I mean, obviously if it's just wood, it's not an issue. So an unfinished wooden project is fine, regardless of the species. It's the finish. So what I did was I gave a call over to one of the uh, repre- customer service representatives for Minwax. And as soon as I mentioned this, um, he actually had the memo that they're working off of. Okay. Um, it turns out their internal safety people had actually um, had been working with the government representatives and had certified a couple of their finishes, uh, their film, bu- the film building finishes,
0: mm-hmm.
1: for, um, for, for approval. Okay. Um, I think it was their fast drying polyurethane, their spar varnish, um, things along those lines, then, and they're actually um, they're actually certified them as far as lead content. Okay. Now, what's happening is, from the interpretation that you're reading, it's not the finish itself that's being tested; it's the product with the finish on it. But if there's only one way to get the lead on the fin- on the on the product it's right. through the finish. Yeah. So it seems to me it's 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 kind of if you can get the finish approved. And it turns out that Minwax and the other manufacturers, Zinser and Deft and Watco, have been working with the government to get their, uh, get their finishes approved. Okay. Now, I did get another comment. There was a gentleman from the, I believe it's the National Home Handmade Toy Association. Let me just, just check out. I want to make sure. I oh, get it's the, right the Handmade
0: Toy Alliance or something like that, Yeah, the right? Handmade
1: Toy Alliance. Okay. Now, what happened was this guy had actually sat down with the Consumer Product Safety Commissioner and actually had a meeting face-to-face up in D.C. with them. It turns out that there are a couple of finishes that have actually gotten blanket approval. Um, one of them is shellac. Okay. Um, because it's a natural product. you know, It's basically sure. shellac flakes, mm-hmm. this, it's, you know, this stuff that comes out of the bug that gets dissolved in alcohol, and the alcohol flashes off, and you're left with this natural product. Right. Um, the other thing they said were um, things like pure tongue oil. actually gets an approval as well. Mm -hmm. So there are finishes out there that actually do already comply fully with this. So if you are building something to donate, um, you can actually just apply shellac right now. You can shoot it on, you can rub, wipe it on, brush it on, and you'd be in full
0: compliance. So if if you are building something and you do use one of these, let's say the shellac, the oil, or one of these approved or yet to be approved finishes, there, you won't need to necessarily do the testing process. You can just exactly. say, I used an approved finish, there's no problem here. Um, now that yeah. works for the individual. What about someone who's in business or let's say a woodworking club that's making toys for kids for Christmas, can they do the same thing by using an approved finish?
1: Now, this is where it gets kind of squirrely marked. Okay. Um, businesses, of course, again, have to, have to build to a certain specification mm-hmm. if you're going to be selling. Um, I didn't do any research on that in this article. Okay. Um, I'll be honest with you. I didn't ask about if I if I if I build wooden toys and I sell them, do I have to meet the certain appliance? Um, so I've been getting a lot of tweets and emails about businesses. Um, and again, you know, the guidance I have is to contact the CPSC yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've got the website, I've got the contact information there on the in the article. For the groups now, it gets kind of interesting. What um what the gentleman told me. Uh, over at the Consumer Product Safety Commission was again. If you're building as part of a club um, and you're using one of these approved finishes, you can get the documentation from some somebody like Minwax or, or or Olympic or something like that. Sure. But they also suggest to protect yourself, especially as an organization, it might not be a bad idea to bring one in to get individually tested. Mm-hmm. I believe that I've read the charge is somewhere between sixty and a hundred dollars. Now. If it's sixty or hundred dollars from a nonprofit, a grant, and every penny counts yeah. in a nonprofit, but if it's difference between sixty or hundred dollars and a lawsuit, mm, I mean sixty yeah. or hundred dollars sounds like a pretty decent deal. Sure, of course, to just make sure you protect the the organization. Um, so, so my guidance, and actually at the end, I kind of reiterated that if you um, if you are with a group and you are going to be building items for for donation. Is to make sure everybody uses the same finish and get that one representative sample taken to an independent laboratory just to have it tested, just to be safe.
0: Now, you may not know this, uh, you know this much detail, but let's say you know a typical club is going to make multiple toys, um, even if they use the same finish. Now, is it true? And I know this is some of what I read, and I don't know whether this is just hysteria or what, but um, that each version of the toy or each different toy, regardless of the finish, is going to need to get tested. Uh, separately, so that we're not just talking one item at sixty dollars. We're talking maybe four or five items at sixty dollars each, uh, you know, which then and, gets and pricey.
1: You've got a good point. I mean, if you're if you're in a group and say you're making um, pull toys and cradles and and uh, you know blocks and things like that, yeah. I believe from what I've read so far is that each individual style if we're gonna call it that of toy, needs to be tested. Okay. Um, so if you have seven different styles, that's gonna mean seven individual items are gonna to need to be brought in, even if they're finished with the same finish. Yeah. Again, you know, this this ordinance, even though it's going into effect on February 10th in 2010, is still being tweaked right now.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Um, again, though, the, the, the main concern I know from a lot of people who have emailed me has been that if you run a business and you're selling these toys, you do need to get everything tested.
0: All right. Well, I appreciate you doing all the research, Tom. I think it's a great topic, and I think we need to kind of you know people need to be informed about it. So I will definitely refer people to your article. Again, it's at uh, tom'sworkbench.com, and you could read all the info there. The contact info is there, and definitely do your research on this because if if this is something that affects you, you want to know about it. You need to know what's in store and who you can contact if you have a problem with this and you really want to, you know, contact your, uh, you know. Sure, um, your congressman. yeah, Exactly. You know, your
1: local state senator, your congressman, your state representatives. Just give them a call or give the manufacturer a call and find out. Remember, knowledge is power in this case.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, Tommy Boy, thank you so much for uh, talking with me. And uh, I guess, well, we'll hear you again on your next tip. Sounds great, Mark. Thank you very much. All right, thanks, buddy. Okay, I'm trying to get a coffee for my wife, and and she won't let me have the cup. I don't I don't know what the problem is.
3: Um, she wants to make sure you don't get burned because you know sometimes special moments. Yeah, look,
0: actually, if you want to look at anyone who's here live, can appreciate how nice this was of her to bring me little treats while I'm doing the show, so I can chew <laughs> when everybody can hear me. Um, yeah, so thank you, Tom. That was really great. The article is good, and the most important thing about the article is he gives you the resources where you can go. Uh, to find more information about this because, you know, Tom just did a quick article, blog post uh, about it. He's not claiming to to be the authority on it. He just wanted to dig a little bit deeper and come from the perspective of someone who's doing charitable work or making stuff, you know, for family members and things along those lines. So it's important to know uh, what the, the rules are and, and how you can comply.
3: Right, absolutely. You know, and this is really one of those topics that, I mean, we we, we quite frequently will get questions regarding, you know, child safe finishes and everything so i mean regardless of whether you know we're talking about uh, issues with lead or not this is probably something that would really help answer those questions you know because i'm sure some people will be like well i've got to see what's going on with this so yep. definitely a good interview sweet definitely
0: okay so uh there's that word oh, definitely again definitely
3: yeah there <laughs> definitely is okay so
0: what's this uh i think someone even even beat us to it in the chat room mentioning this but uh
3: what's that with roy yeah, well, Roy Underhill, has uh, his new school, obviously, has been it's been up and around for almost, is it going on a year now or something? Yeah. Well, his new website is up, and he's posted a schedule. And so I, I popped on over there, and it, it's kind of neat because he has a few freebie things going on on his website. He has uh, one-day classes. He has three-day classes. Um, it's himself teaching it, and then he also is bringing in a couple other instructors. Um, Unfortunately, people, that I don't recognize uh, their names. They're probably, you know... Uh, some some really important people in the in the community that really know their stuff mm-hmm. uh but he's got a full offering of classes going on for 2010 so if you're interested at all and you know heading down there and checking out his school i mean it's one thing that i've thought about i think it would be kind of a, a, a neat thing to do but at the same time he kind of scares me a little bit um so yeah. i don't know how comfortable yeah. i would be in the in the <laughs> middle especially when there's like that rule that no electronics are allowed at all i'm sure somehow oh, my man. uh snucking in uh um You know, uh, iPhone probably would be whacked across the room. (laughs) Smash (laughs) it with a hammer.
0: You know, if I went to his class, I would settle for nothing more than learning what I saw on one of his shows one time. He He was making his own planes and various different types of planes and he took an old lawnmower blade and basically chopped it into a small enough piece that he could make and fashion his own iron uh for a plane out of this old lawnmower blade (laughs) you gotta be kidding me (laughs) it was just just (laughs) entertaining as hell to watch just something i would never ever do but very cool to watch
3: wow that would be pretty you know hey not too long ago our very own village carpenter she had a post up there about making a hand plane blade maybe she'd know a little something about Mm, that did she use a lawnmower blade to do it Hmm? um I don't know. It was rather clean. Maybe it was a new lawnmower blade. That's <laughs> <laughs> yes, right from Sears. Okay,
0: That's so, right.
3: So yeah, definitely check that out if you get a chance. Like these so has got a, a few downloadable plans. He's got yeah. all sorts of information if you are at all interested in checking it out. Yeah, cool. All right, so sweet deals. We got a
0: couple of them. Actually, we got quite a few more than a couple. Let's just rock through these real quick. Um, right. I got an email from Peachtree and they have an adjustable guide system that I think some of you may be interested in. It's kind of like well, it's not even like the the Festool you know track saw or the Eureka Zone system where where it latches on. It's it's a little bit more basic than that. It's really just a very fancy clamp on tool guide, and instead of just being able to do ninety degree cuts, you can move it in any orientation you want and clamp it down. But they did come out with these little carriages that are very generic. It's just like a plexiglass plate with a hole in it. You can mount your router to it, and then that slides on the track. So now it it does sort of act. Uh, like one of these other track saw tools in a way. So oh, wow. yeah, very cool. Um you know, it's the, the big thing is the price. Right now they have 50% off the regular price and it's down to 67.50. So I'll put the link in the show notes. You definitely want to check this out because it, it it's pretty unique and it, it seems like it might be a good compromise if you don't want to put the money out for the big uh even the am I, is that the right one? Eureka zone that makes the the more DIY version
3: where you could bring any any tool to it and it yep. adapts that sounds about right. I think that's it. Yeah, because when you mentioned it, I know which one you're talking about, but yeah. I, I'm more than positive that's the one. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I'm looking at this one right now from Peachtree. That does look pretty impressive. Yeah, now that price
0: uh, the price only includes like the, the the guide and the clamps. It doesn't include the little carriage thing that, that I think, honestly, you would want because otherwise right. this is just a really expensive straight edge with clamps. Um, if you don't have those carriages, it's, it's not really going to bring anything extra to the, to the party there. So I would definitely pick those extra things up, but really it's a piece of plexiglass and a guide that slides in a T track. I really, I can't imagine it being, uh, you know, that, that much more expensive. So definitely, right. definitely check that one out. Now, definitely. Definitely. Um, I'm hoping people are drinking every time we say that because <laughs> I'm going to keep doing it.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna look in the chat room real quick. You go ahead. <laughs> okay, so we have a um, um,
0: we have another special offer here from our friends at Eagle America. You guys know them; they make wonderful router bits and other shiznit. Um, <laughs> they have the big year end savings, and this is for Wood Talk Online listeners only: fifteen dollars off your hundred dollar internet order. Use the promo code WoodTalk sixty four at checkout, and that's going to be valid through the end of the month. So uh, you've got till uh, December thirty first to take advantage of that: fifteen bucks off. $100 order for um, Wood Talk listeners only. No one else. Just you that's guys.
3: R- yeah, we're we're taking names right now. We're going through, we're going to list everybody that's <laughs> in the chat room and we will know if you tell anybody else Yeah, we'll be they checking. won't have your name. So yeah, watch it. <laughs> Definitely. Watch okay, yourself. so
0: just a couple more here. Tools Plus. This was um, uh, revealed to me by Bois, who's probably in the chat room causing trouble right now. He picked up a new Powermatic jointer and said that uh, Tools Plus and that's tools-plus.com is having a special deal right now where their shipping is six dollars and fifty cents on any order, so that means you can order the biggest heaviest mean old piece of machinery and it's going to cost six fifty to deliver Wow,
3: holy cats, how would they get away with something like that yeah and
0: if you've ever you know purchased uh, something like that heavy, you know that that shipping is not just like you know twenty or thirty bucks i mean it's mm-hmm. it's some serious cash so that's a that's a huge savings so if you're uh, in the market for a new tool you've got to check that out it's well worth it. Um, and the last thing I wanted to mention and this is just something I came across today, some people may already know this and it's just me not doing that much shopping or being very aware that I didn't notice it. I went to buy an ebony blank from Rockler, uh, just you know, a, a small turning blank that I'm going to use for uh, ebony stock for green and green stuff and I got the price at Rockler, it was like 41 bucks for this piece but I was paying over $10 in, in shipping and handling charges and I was just curious. I'm like, I wonder if anybody sells this on Amazon. So I go to Amazon. I search for the same thing. Sure enough, Rockler is actually a vendor on Amazon. And <laughs> oh. they they list right there a special offer, free shipping on any Rockler item, $25 or more. And this thing was coming out to like $28.99 or something. So when it was all said and done, I bought the same product from the same company, but I went through Amazon and it cost me $28.99 versus $41.09 at the Rockler site. So, oh, interesting. That's, <laughs> yeah.
3: that's almost kind of a, a, a back, backdoor deal, but that works out pretty good for everybody. I mean, it works out for Rockler because they're still selling the product.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, what I would do is if you, and that goes for any vendor, a lot of these vendors also sell on Amazon just because that's the way the system is set up. Um, definitely, if you're looking at a particular vendor, check Amazon, see if they have it. You might be able to get a better
3: deal. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to a few that I found because I think these ones are really fantastic. Uh, the first one we were just talking about this. I almost thought you know this could this could have gone under like around the web or mm-hmm. under the news or something because these do all kind of melt together. Uh, the folks over at Lost Art Press, which is basically uh, Chris and John and uh, their wives, uh, they have the Art of Moxon. Now this one has been out for quite a while now, mm-hmm. and uh, the neat thing about this is they're they're debating on whether they're going to put out a, a second. Uh, printing of, of the book and they were saying no we don't know if we want to do that so what they ended up doing is they came up with a downloadable version a digital version that you can download right now oh. it's uh i believe it's it's, it's seven dollars if i remember right i might be wrong there's a seven in the number i know that for sure and it's been revised and it's actually been expanded also so there's even more content in it and they've got it on sale right now so I, that that's a pretty good deal if you are interested at all in maybe picking up you know the art of joinery by moxon um, this might be a really great opportunity for you because, you know, you'll get even more now for a little less price. Of course, I don't think you'll get the autographed version with a digital copy. Um, you might be able to. not <laughs> uh, sure. We'll have to figure that one out. Sure. Okay, so then the next one, with it being the holidays, it seems like uh, a lot of our, our our catalogs are having free shipping on everything, and that's no different for the great folks over at Highland Woodworking. In fact, they have uh, free shipping, free ground shipping on all orders over $75 from now, as we're recording this, December 17th through Sunday, December 20th. And I think the main thing I, on this is they're trying to like, that's what the cutoff for when they can guarantee that you're going to get your stuff for Christmas is right right around that time. So they figure it's a great time to offer free shipping on all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So 75, any order, $75 uh, or more uh, free shipping. Another free ground uh, shipping that they have. Another offer is on all their Festool machines, um, and that one I don't think there's a date on that one. But again, hey, free ground shipping. on Shipping. I keep saying shipping. <laughs> free ground shipping. Shipping. There's free shipping uh, <laughs> going on. But anyways, the one thing with, with the, the shipping is it's all limited to within the lower 48 states. So if you're Alaska, Hawaii, sorry, you snooze, you lose. Um, too bad <laughs> you're living in a paradise. It um, sucks for you, I guess. Yeah, well, I guess maybe not Alaska, <laughs> maybe in the summer. Uh, but anyway, so if you want to take advantage of the free ga- ground shipping until Sunday, December 20 I'm going to be saying it every single time now. Uh, <laughs> use the coupon code great, ship free. 1209 at checkout. And, of course, we'll have that in in the the show notes. Or if you had gotten the Highland Woodworking uh, newsletter, they had that in there also. Uh, Woodcraft uh, is also offering uh, free ground shipping (laughs) on any order (laughs) Uh, using coupon code 12126 during checkout. Uh, Offer excludes excess weight fees, lift gate fees, etc., etc., etc. And, of course, that's only in the lower 48 states. Not uh, valid with other coupon offers, and that one ends December 26th. But they have a whole bunch of other holiday offers going on right now. Um, I'm just going to do a quick run through because head over to their website and you'll see there's a little thing that says click on special offers. Um, and like you know, like a free Woodcraft stubby knife with the purchase of a Woodcraft gift card of $75 or more. What's a stubby knife? It's, it's this little thing that like it's it, it it it's about the size of a credit card in length, and it's it's a it's a little knife that sticks out, and it's great for like maybe stabbing somebody in the dark alleyway.
0: <laughs> so what you're saying is it's it's a stubby knife.
3: Yes, it's a stubby knife, and it has woodcraft on the handle hmm, itself. That's much I wouldn't clearer use now. it for the dark alley things. That's probably I shouldn't <laughs> have mentioned that. Right. People take this very literally. <laughs> nice. uh, use it for opening the woodcraft packages when they arrive. There you go. Okay. <laughs> okay, another one is like this free $25 woodcraft gift card with a $250 fine tool purchase, uh, and then it goes on. There's several other ones. So head over there, check it out if you're interested at all. And above all things, take advantage of the free shipping through uh, (laughs) whoever you go through, the Highland Working or Woodcraft. Um, And it's a great way to make sure that you get the gifts that you want under the tree uh, this year. Very cool. That is all I have. Nice. That was a lot, man. That was. I'm going to take a big drink now because my lips are sticking together after that (laughs) (laughs) stripping.
0: All that stripping will do that to you. Okay, so it came from the forum. It most certainly did, specifically this thread that was started by uh, my good buddy, Paul, here in the Phoenix area. And it has to do, we were just talking about Woodcraft, has to do with Lee Nielsen pulling their products from the Woodcraft store. And, you know, before I do that, I forgot to play my little sound clip. All right. <laughs> Left tilt or white? So, like I'm refinishing this oh, table? I finished oh, I toast a picture. Well, this glue turn my hands by.
3: It came from the forum.
0: yes. Okay, so anyway, the, uh, there, this was rumored a while back and if I'm not mistaken, we may have actually discussed this briefly uh, on Wood Talk. It could have been some other live event, but we were talking about the rumor, as it was, was that um, Lee Nielsen was pulling their products from Woodcraft because of the Wood River Plain selection mm-hmm. and that they yeah, were I getting, remember,
3: did, yeah, did, was we did, it on the show? Yeah, we mentioned it because I remember like starting the rumor myself. I'm like, I'm gonna bust this rumor wide open, and <laughs> after I read this article, I'm like, I feel like such a busted. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So this was really, really important because this tells uh, a little bit more to the story. So I'll put the link to the actual discussion in the forum. But if you want to get more information on it, uh, Ethan in the forum posted a link to his blog on the Greystone Green blog. And I'll put the link to that as well where they explain what actually happened and he, you know, much like Tom, heard a rumor and wanted to get more information so just doing the common sense thing, picked up the phone and made a few phone calls. Fortunately, someone at Lee Nielsen took the time to to talk with him for about 10 or 15 minutes and explain exactly what happened. So according to them, here's the story. Um, They had started distributing their stuff through Woodcraft when Woodcraft wasn't nearly as big as they are now. So as Woodcraft grew they had trouble keeping up the actual stock for all of these stores. And I know in the past few years, and we've talked about this, where Lee Nielsen is having trouble keeping up with the demand, even just web orders on their website. Things you know, things go on back order for weeks and you know they were having difficulty. So instead of doing what most companies do in these cases, they hire more, they expand, they buy more, and they just get bigger and inflated. Quality level tends to go down a little bit, but production goes up. Instead of doing that, their decision was to pull out of Woodcraft mm-hmm. and to just basically sell their stuff from their website because they saw the, the path they were headed was to lower quality. And that's something that they absolutely did not want to do. So to me, if that truly is the case, I say kudos. I think that's awesome. Um, I often wonder about you know certain companies' business strategies. And so many companies are just It doesn't matter what happens. The goal is growth. No matter what, you have to show growth over last year and nothing else is acceptable. This was so refreshing to hear a company not necessarily do that just to be okay with the way things are going but really just hold true to the fact that their job is to make the best quality hand planes they know how to make. So if that really is the story,
3: awesome. Right. You know, that's one of those things that 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 class that I I took last uh, year with with Chris and and, and Thomas Lee Nielsen, he did a whole thing where he broke out this. I suddenly felt like I was at somebody's like family room and dad was breaking out the slides, you know, from the family trip that they had Mm -hmm. because he went through this whole thing where he talked about, you know, how the business got started. And that was one of the things that he emphasized, because a question that commonly comes up is why don't you offer more you know, more items in your tool line. You know, you could easily start producing this. You could you could offer that. and You know, people would buy it up just because of the name. Mm-hmm. And he was very adamant that it's like one of the most important things is the quality. You know, it, it doesn't matter how many things you offer, how fast you can get them out there. If they're not the same quality that you're known for, forget about it. It's your name is mud. For, you know, there's there's just no recovering from that. Mm-hmm. And another great example was you know they they're in the the workbench business now and they have you know all the the, the I think what they only have one or two models of the of the workbenches and his biggest problem that he's running into right now and I'm sure they they've kind of worked through this a little bit but when he was talking about this at at that um that class they were having trouble getting in decent um hardwood for it in mm-hmm. fact the one manufacturer he said they were like you know so we're going to put in an order for basically a whole container and they had the, the uh, sales rep come out there and he's like, look, we, we don't want this because all this wood is checked. It's it's not what we're looking for. And the guy's response was, if you don't want it, I've got manufacturers in China who are going to take it. If you don't want it at all, I can have <laughs> it out of here right now. So Tom's just like, then take it. We don't want it. We want decent stuff. Yeah. And so they had to put a lot of that stuff on back order. And slow all that down just because of the fact that they were not satisfied with the quality. And you're right. You don't see that anymore. You see them just turning stuff out as quick as they can. And it's like, um, hey, this this knob that adjusts everything and holds everything together keeps falling apart. <laughs> yeah. Can you fix that? Um, no. Why don't you buy a different one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and Bo has actually asked in
0: the chat room, are they going to reduce the, the Lee Nielsen um, product at Woodcraft? I don't really know. I don't think that they would. But what I did hear is that they on an individual store basis may be able to bring the Lead Nielsen products back to the stores, but it won't be a woodcraft nationwide thing. It'll just be one store at a time. Um, nice. so some people in different areas may be able to still go in and drool over this stuff uh, you know, in person. But yeah, I gotta tell you, in today's day and age, there's just the pictures on the web are so great. <laughs> you know, I can <laughs> I drool all over my keyboard you know looking at some of the pictures on their website so
3: oh yeah absolutely and then when you, you go to one of their shows and you feel those things and you're just like am mm-hmm. oh, I like getting out of here without buying something oh man yeah. i need intervention <laughs> yeah.
0: hey speaking of which i've never been to one of their shows and they are coming to the phoenix area in january and uh mike b i think let me know about this and i'll i think i'm gonna actually go there's a three-day show and i'd like to at least stop by one day since it's so close so I'll try and get some footage and talk to some of the guys over there.
3: Oh, definitely, it's it, it's a lot of fun. If anything, just simply to watch the 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 expressions on people's faces who have never used one before, yeah. and then suddenly walk out with one of everything. That's <laughs> that's my favorite. There's always one guy there that ends up doing that. What I then... want to
0: see is the expression on his face the month later when the bill comes in and he goes, "What <laughs> the?" You know, like the guy that gets <laughs> gets drunk and you know he's partying a little bit too hard and goes to a strip. Never mind.
3: That's um, exactly what it is, though. That's ex- <laughs> that's exactly what happens. I always want to see it like when the wife finds out about, no, wait a minute. No, yeah. what is this? <laughs> yeah, how do you How do you justify that? I mean, it,
0: it, I mean, come on, these things are not cheap. They are extremely expensive. But, um, you know, that, well, I I pay for them for a reason because I don't want to sit there and, and tune up a cheaper plane to get it to perform that well. I mean, these things just perform perfect right out of the box.
3: Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> All right. So. All right, sweet.
0: Enough about strip clubs. Um, okay, <laughs> voicemails. We've got a couple of voicemails here, and we didn't hear from Roberto recently, so uh, he's making up for lost time here. Oh, sure.
2: good. Hey there, guys. This is uh, Roberto from New Mexico. I actually have two questions this time. One is um, about <clears throat> planer knives. I have a JJP12 jet uh, joint planer, joiner um, and I was wondering, should I replace the knives or just sharpen them? My second question is, I want to make a project that requires a distressed look, a painted distressed look. I'm just wondering what the best, you know, stain or finish or anything you guys can help me with. Thanks a lot. Bye.
0: Okay so his first question was about those planar knives. Now correct me if I'm wrong and I looked all over the website and I guess I just don't write all the descriptions and and things out for the show notes as well as I should but didn't we talk about that specifically whether it's worth it to buy or replace blades for the jet combo unit?
3: Yes, yeah, we did talk about that, and I I think we both came to the same agreement that it's so much better to replace them when you can.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and I would say, you know, um, Roberto, definitely go back, like, it's no more than two or three episodes, it's really not far from here, I, I don't remember exactly when it was, but we did talk about that and did a little bit more extensive uh, research into the cost differences between purchasing and it really clearly was depending on wh- what vendor you go to the jet price was really expensive but if you go to you know some other uh, you know not a big name brand it was a right. lot cheaper to just buy them uh, but I also gave the price for resharpening which is pretty reasonable too so if they're sharpenable you know sometimes it's just cheaper to to do the sharpening but again go back and look for that episode and I'll try to email you if I could find exactly which one it is
3: Yeah, because now I'm starting to think if we talked about that in the chat room or not in the the after show, but I'm more than positive we talked about it in the show.
0: I did research ahead of time for it, so I know it had to have been like a typical voicemail or email for the show, so it's got to be in one of the shows recently. But uh, the other part of the question was about a distressed painted finish, and to tell you the truth, I've never done this. I've done some distressed work, but not really painted, and I've seen the technique done and, and read about it. Uh, so theoretically, you know, one of the most basic ways to do it is to to put your base coat of like latex paint down, uh, and then hit a few areas where you would expect there to be wear and tear. Hit them with a candle so that you actually wipe on some wax, or if you've got other types of wax, you could use that too. Uh, the idea is to just get that wax on the surface so that when you put a subsequent coat of paint on it, and then you go back and rub it down with a little steel wool or something, you'll you'll tear that paint right off, and the bottom layer of paint shows right through. So there's that's that sort of technique. There is also a technique using special crackle paint that you you know, while the, the material is on the surface, you put your latex paint over it. And I, I can only imagine that it just like very, very quickly cures the finish and dries it uh so mm-hmm. that it shrinks on 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 you and actually pulls the finish, uh the, the paint top layer apart and creates these cracks and things. So there's a number of, of ways to do it. I've got some links organized for him. I'll put those in the show notes. So you can check them out. One of the resources to check out hand applied finishes and a couple of the other Jewett, Jeff Jewett books that, that he's written and he covers how to do uh, very specifically how to do that type of a finish. And what I managed to find is have you ever seen on Google um, they actually have a lot of copyrighted works uh, books on there but they give you a certain number of pages that you're allowed to view. So right, yep, uh, Jewett's book uh, on page one fifty nine, you can actually view this right on the web for free, and I've got the uh, the link to that in the show notes as well. So,
3: sweet yeah, I know there's a few also in fine woodworking because there's one that's just sticking out in my mind as I was thinking about the distressed painted look. Uh, somebody was doing it with the Windsor chairs, and they were even like going so far as to take like torches. And mm-hmm. like trying to like you know singe certain areas because it would give it a certain look or you know I think maybe it would heat up the paint or something so it would dry faster so they could put on a different coat so they could rub this out or something like that I mean I don't know they, mm-hmm. there's all sorts of different techniques when it comes to distressed painted I have that natural look anyways anytime I'm holding a brush in my hand but you know it doesn't do much for the first <laughs>
0: look yeah well you just gotta you have to yell at the furniture a little bit They'll just be like I
3: hate you why are you doing this
0: to me you're nothing <laughs> you've got big pores you're ugly.
3: <laughs> Um, I'm going back to Pine. I hate you, Maple.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we got another uh, voicemail here from Johnny No Name. I think he left us a voicemail recently before.
3: Nice. Yeah,
0: Johnny No Name. That's a great name. (laughs) Or it's a great no name.
2: Hi, Matt and Mark. This is uh, Johnny No Name a couple of uh, episodes ago. Uh, Yesterday I was in the shop and I got a minor cut, so I grabbed my first aid kit. And it made me wonder, uh, do you guys, A, have a first aid kit in your shop, and B, What are you stocking it? Happy holidays.
0: I stock chocolate candies filled with alcohol in my first aid kit, but maybe that's just me.
3: Um, uh, I, I usually have like those little travel things of like <laughs> vodka and stuff because that way when I, I when I freak out it can help calm me down real quickly so the blood stops spurting all over the place yeah it
0: deadens the pain a little bit um, you know what I will admit that I don't have a first aid kit in the shop and part of the reason is because my first aid kit is you know another five feet away in the bathroom uh, right <laughs> inside the house so um, typically when you know just the other day I removed a good chunk of skin off of the uh, inside of my thumb and I just grabbed the paper towel and waited till I was done with that part of the project, <laughs> and
3: so, I end up doing. I always put a little extra of me into the project. I feel like it's like that red violin where the guy mixed all the blood into the shellac and then put it on there. That's what I'm going for,
0: yeah, yeah, so um but basically, yeah, once I get inside, then then I can get a Band-Aid. and yeah, someone says uh he runs to Nicole and says, "Oh, look what I did." I have done that, and Nicole is not the most sympathetic when I cut myself. Um, she's usually the type of person that you know says, "Rub dirt in it, and it'll be fine."
3: Yeah, sometimes I'll do—I'll rub a little sand, uh, you know, sawdust into it, depending yeah. on what what I'm working because there's those toxic properties. But I usually do the, uh, the 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 bite and suck method, where it's like ah, I bite it, and then I, I start sucking till the blood stops, and then I just keep on working because I've got to run up the stairs and 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 try and and find the band aid. And I never can find one because my kids like to put Band-Aids on when there's nothing there. So <laughs> so that completely, we have nothing in the house. <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah,
0: I mean, in all seriousness, it's not a bad idea to keep, uh, you know, a decent uh, first aid kit. And what I would keep in there is pretty much all the standard stuff. The only thing I would add to it is spend the money on a good set of tweezers. And uh, uh, Dan actually, um, uh, Yucatan Dan usually in the chat a while ago, he sent me a nice set of these uh, Tweezerman tweezers that, that look like the kind that chicks use to to do their eyebrows and stuff. Okay. Um, uh, but yeah, this thing was just, uh, I mean, it's incredible at picking out splinters. And, and if you keep that in the first aid kit, you're going to thank yourself because you're going to always know where it is when you need to get that stupid splinter out. So... Dude,
3: that's why I have the quarter inch chisel. It gets in nice and tough. <laughs> that's
0: why I keep that right so sharp.
3: Exactly, you know, and if you can find one of those one-eighth ones, you're all set. <laughs> yeah, that that might work if you have very steady hands.
0: Um, but yeah, you know, and someone even mentioned the magnifying glass. I use my um uh, the, the little magnifying glass headset thing that I use when I do inlays. That works great. You'd be amazed at how easy it is to pull out a nasty old splinter if you've got a, a pair of those on your... Uh, peepers, so.
3: Or when you're using the tweezers to tweeze between the eyebrows. <laughs> <That's> uh, <true. laughs> get that in there, pull it down, pluck, back up. <laughs> yeah.
0: Alright, let's see. I've got another one here from Luke. We've got quite a few. He's asking right. about uh, blades for uh, uh miter saw.
2: Hey Mark and Matt, this is Luke from Pennsylvania. Hey, first of all, I wanted to say, love your show. I just wanted to know what you guys thought about this. I have a 10-inch radio arm saw from a craftsman uh it used to cut like a dream and then the blade on it i kind of hit a nail on a piece of wood and they just like all the teeth just shattered off uh so i went to lowe's and bought a dewalt fine cross cut and man that thing used to cut like it was just so great the cuts were so smooth uh now it's getting pretty dull and i was wondering about maybe like a higher like a forest or a 10u blade or something you know a little better I was just wondering what you guys recommended. Thanks.
0: Okay, so he actually it is a radial arm saw, not a a compound miter saw, like I initially thought. But um, I mean, he sounds (laughs) like he's got the answer to his question already. He said, "What you know? What do you recommend?" And most of the times, and you know, even for table saw and uh, miter saw, I do recommend the the Forest or the the Tenru brand. There's a lot of other brands out there that will do. Um, You know, Freud makes some good blades and. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people in a chat room are in favor of the Dewalt. You could just go buy another one, uh, but if he's if he's looking at those already, I, you know it's going to cost him for the let's see, like the Forest Chop Master is going to be probably what like hundred and twenty bucks, hundred and thirty bucks. That uh, sounds about right. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, really the same price for the Tenru. So I don't really know that we have an answer for him other than to yeah, those those would be great options. Uh, a nice sixty or eighty tooth. Uh, yeah, I would probably go with eighty just to get a really mm-hmm. nice smooth cut. And, right. um, I, that, that would set you up, man. And, uh, just don't cut any
3: nails with it. I know. I was just, when I heard that part, I was like, my eyes got really wide. I'm like, oh, can you imagine being in the shop just then? Like, ding, 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 ding. What the hell was that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> and, 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 or
0: any inside me. And that, that is just the, the worst. worst yeah. That's the worst thing when you, you cut into something and you just go oh, crap. And you know, you just, you know, rip the teeth right off of your, your brand new hundred dollar blade. That's no fun. Yep.
3: Yeah, I still have my mitre saw right now is missing a tooth, and I still have no idea where it is, but I'm having trouble getting through metal detectors right now, and so (laughs) I don't know. Maybe.
0: It could be it. Okay, so that was Luke. He did use the Force, by the way, in case anyone wanted to know. Yeah, you know,
3: like you used the force to get through that nail.
0: <laughs> you know, just for fun, uh, we don't have a, a Carrie's uh, village carpenter tip this week, and I, I actually neglected to give her much notice. So that would be my fault. And uh, we, we talked with Tom earlier, so we don't have a Tom's tip for this week, but we do have a little treat that you'll have to stay tuned for afterwards. But instead, I decided I was playing around with some of our, our files that we have, and I was listening. I muted my track at one point, and I was just no. listening to your track. And Mm -hmm. I was inspired and I started clipping things up and I was just going to get like a series of your laughs over a course of 10 minutes and just put them all together. And that was funny at first, but then I was just so into it. I was like, you know what? You say a lot of funny things. And I thought it would be really cool just to take like 10 different things that you've said. uh, And literally, this is from a five minute period from one of our shows. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) And just mix them together so they make absolutely no sense. And there's a little bit of innuendo in there that you might catch. Um, but I, I, this made me laugh. So that's oh, really, this is,
3: this is going to be worse than like my nightmare of going to school naked. I'm well, oh, this is, Oh, <laughs> uh,
0: but Hey, you know what? It makes me laugh and I, that's all that counts. So all right, I'm ready.
3: <laughs> Here we go. It's, it's really short too. You know, I could see myself like standing over the wood, going, "Is it safe?" <laughs> um, just shake it once in a while. We'll see. Cherry, is it safe? <laughs> Get off my lawn! I am a sensitive person, believe it or not. I know what's wrong with me, but why is the hand plane not working? I also <laughs> do that with my hand planes too. Sweet. <laughs> That's all I got.
0: <laughs> I just talk. <laughs> just some of the things you said in there completely out of context are fantastic so I might, I might put a little bit more time that was a five minute effort um, <laughs> I might put some more time um, into that and have some fun with it
3: <laughs> oh man I can see it now there's going to be ma- mashups going on on Wood Talk Online.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I would welcome that if somebody wants to do that now, I, I mentioned that we don't have any tips from um, our regular contributors, but Shopmonger, and I think Shopmonger's in the chat room right now, if it's the shame. I mean, there could be more than one Shopmonger, but um, the this particular Shopmonger gave us a couple tips, and uh, I Sweet. thought that would be cool if we played them. So thanks uh, ahead of time, and here we go.
2: Here's the Shopmonger with some tips from the shop. When you make your stand for your grinder or lathe, make a shelf about one inch from the ground. So hold a couple of sandbags. This will help eliminate vibration. As for alternate tops for a workbench, as Mark and Matt were talking about last week, when making them out of plywood or MDF, try this. drill some holes about the same size as PVC. Insert and glue some short pieces of PVC into those holes, and use those holes as your bench dog holes. That makes the hole and the entire piece a little bit stronger. This is just a few tips from the shopmonger.
0: Actually, I think that's a great idea, the PVC trick. I mean, just to mm-hmm. give it a little extra reinforcement. Fantastic tips. Thanks uh, thanks so much, Mr. Shopmonger. And nice, uh, Thank you. He was so kind to call once before and screw up to give me something else to play, so I'm going to play that.
2: <laughs> it's a Shopmonger, with some tips from the shop, when you make your stand for grinder or lathe, make a shelf out of one inch from... There. <laughs> okay, so...
0: Uh, that's all I just I had to play that because that was
3: great that's good. We're, we're spreading the love and the, humi- the uh, embarrassment and humiliation yeah, it's, no,
0: it's our gift to all of you <laughs> no one is safe from uh, from us making fun of them
3: you know what and the worst part is right now I'm doing the open hands thing to an empty wall and my wife's standing right behind me just shaking her head in a Santa suit so if that gives anybody a visual it's a good thing we don't have the camera on here right now because that would be really really scary what happens in your <laughs> basement
0: <laughs> nice that sounds good Okay, well, um, we do have one more voicemail. I was gonna was gonna put it after the show, but I'm not sure if we should discuss this at all. Um, we had a call concerning the. Remember, I mentioned the torsion box workbench table last time. Right. This is in response to that and some of the concerns you might have, uh, uh, and why you might want something like solid wood instead of that. You think I should play that
3: now? Um, I I don't see why not. I mean, we've got a good audience here. Let's let's go for it. Let okay. Me- all right. Let's play this then. Yeah. <sighs> Wilbur.
0: Oh, Wilbur. Okay.
2: Hey, Mark and Matt. This is uh, Wilbur in uh, East Brunswick, New Jersey. Um, I had a chance to take a look at um, Bud's torsion box workbench, which you mentioned on the last Wood Talk Online, and I had some thoughts about the top uh, of this uh, workbench. Um, Certainly, a torsion box is a quick and easy way of making a surface that is uh, flat and and probably flat enough for... um, a workbench. And of course, one of the disadvantages of a solid lumber uh, top is that it will warp over time. However, the big advantage of having a solid top uh, for a workbench is that even if it does warp over time, you can flatten it back down again. Whereas I would be hard pressed to figure out how you would uh, reflatten the top of a torsion box uh, workbench, uh, being that it's made from plywood or um, MDF um, should it become out of flat um as time goes by. Um the whole top may not warp um uh like a solid wood workbench um top would but my feeling is that um say the uh a torsion box workbench could develop either humps or divots um in the areas between the uh grid used to support the top of the workbench. Anyway, that was my thought. Um It's certainly an interesting idea, but I have a feeling that if I ever have to remake a a workbench, which I hope I never have to do, I'm going to go with a solid top because I can uh, maintain the top over time. Uh, Thanks uh, for listening. Keep up the great work. Bye.
0: So definitely good points. I guess when you're making a torsion box top like that, you're sort Mm -hmm. of just kind of betting on the fact that it's not going to warp. Right. (laughs) You know, and I guess that's really the question. Uh, I mean i would I'd be interested to take a straight edge to my old um uh torsion box. I actually know the guy that I gave it to, so i 'll have to go over there with the straight edge and just see uh, it's been moved several times and and really worst case scenario for something like that so I'd be curious if it has survived without um you know bending or warping because that's a that's a great point. What would you do? Um, <clears throat> maybe put on another sacrificial top and just you know if it's minor, you might be able to plane some of it out right uh, but realistically who wants to to do that you know but
3: maybe maybe it just does stay flat right well cuz that's the one thing i was thinking is i mean the idea with the torsion box you have that grid system so it should support it all the way through at the worst i'm thinking why couldn't you just like shim up that one little area i mean you've kind of have mm-hmm. that that grid spot in there so why couldn't you just pop a little a little shim or something on there to to pop it up a little you know, yeah, I'm always yeah. trying to think of the cheapest way I can do stuff, and that's one of them that would pop in my. Mind. I'll shim this up just like I shimmed <laughs> the whole floor uh, throughout the house. Yeah, and, and I mean, with an assembly table,
0: it's you know it's a big four by four, you know, very large work surface. Maybe you know five by five, whatever you're making it out of. It's a big surface to cover and fully support. But when you're doing it in this workbench, like Bud's workbench it's much more supported underneath. So, you know, the the torsion box structure isn't really being stressed very much to begin with. So, I mean, I just don't necessarily see it going out of flat to begin with. So, you know, very valid points, bottom line, is it's really just whatever you prefer. Um, But I'll tell you what, you made one workbench you made them all <laughs> yeah i mean there, there are some trust me there are some benches that are you know far and away better than others and much more of a challenge to build that's not what i'm talking about my point is you only need to build one in your lifetime to feel like you've built a workbench and then you can put that in your back pocket and never talk about it again that's um, right yep. <clears throat> yeah it's, it's not something that i would look forward to uh maybe yeah. certain aspects but the whole project the boo
3: yeah, no, I don't see myself like building the workbench and then doing the thing. Although I do know people who who are thinking of this. It's like I built my workbench. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna build an even better one. It's like <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's just I I, if,
0: I could see why that might be an appealing uh, project to some people, but you know, to me, that ma- it's really the massive glue up. I don't mind the legs, you know, the the aprons and, and building the base. It's really the massive glue up of the top that's just very stressful to me. And I just don't, I wouldn't look forward to doing it. I wouldn't look forward to writing the check for all of the wood, Um, you know? So I'm very anxious to look at some alternative methods like that.
3: Hey, we all have our niche thing that we like to do. Some people like to make, you know, uh, cutting uh, boards. Others like to maybe make, you know, beds. And some people, I build workbenches.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And here's the other thing: a lot of people, if you're looking at the different types of woodworkers out here, you know, a woodworker like Shores, you know, or, or just one of these people who's really, really heavily favoring uh, hand tools, is going to require a lot more in the way of uh, varieties of work holding and you know things that are going to put stress on the bench in odd angles that maybe a torsion box isn't great for. But I think for the average woodworker who might be more of a hybrid getting a little bit into hand tools but not necessarily doing everything with hand tools could probably get away with it and be perfectly happy with it. And you don't necessarily need I mean it'll be pretty darn flat but you know how flat is it's that question how flat is flat and how flat is flat enough. You know right. so does it really need to be absolutely to the thousandth perfectly flat or can you get away without
3: that. Exactly. You know what? And you can do something as simple as what I do because sometimes mine gets a little out of whack. Take a couple of shavings, roll those babies up, throw them underneath your thing. Oh my gosh, look at that. Suddenly your board is instantly flat. It's like wood bondo. It -hmm. just simply levels the whole thing out and it's not a new trick. So yeah, there's all sorts of ways you can get around it and you can get as, as anal as you want to when it comes down to it. Yeah,
0: absolutely. God, don't use
3: that clip someplace. Please don't use that clip someplace.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're just giving me more fuel. (laughs) All right. Well, I think that just about does it for us as far as the live show goes. Thanks to everybody for hanging out in the chat room with us. It was a blast and uh, we wish you a very Merry Christmas. But if you want to close us out, Matt, and tell them how they can get in
3: touch with us, that's right. Absolutely. If you've heard anything today, maybe you're going to have a mashup of uh, Mark or myself or Mark or Mark. Uh, you could get a hold of us. I would talk online at gmail.com or you can uh, leave us a voicemail like our good friend Roberto has done. We missed you last uh, week or last show last time. Buddy. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Anyways, 623-242-2450. Of course, all this information you'll find in the show notes along with some of the links that we uh, threw in there. So as Mark said... Happy Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Um, happy holidays. Hanukkah. Uh oh yeah, happy Hanukkah. I think that's coming to a close right now, isn't Kwanzaa. it? Kwanzaa's coming up. That's all um, I know. <laughs> Festivus is coming up. Yes, um, Festivus for the rest of us. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, whatever it is that you're going to be celebrating, you celebrate it in style, Mark and Matt style.
0: Absolutely. Which, what would that be, by the way? Well,
3: uh, we'll just, you just have to look at the picture in the corner there, and that will help you to uh, understand what Matt's style is, at least.
0: <laughs> that's good. Yeah. We should all be that happy. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for uh, hanging out with us, everybody. Have a great holiday, and we'll catch you next time. That's right, take care. Toodaloo.
2: Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their
3: own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing, so we made ByHeart a better formula for formula. Learn more at ByHeart.com.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus.